New Orleans Convention Center, site of Super Bowl 47 here at Radio Row for us all week. Our coverage continues. Darren McFarland here. 1025 The Game, brought to you by Low T Center in Brentwood, inside Maryland Farms, and Freeland Chevy Business Elite Sales. This guy was a tremendous linebacker over the years, has uh, plenty of bling, as they say. Yeah. Uh, for what, three Super Bowl rings? Yes, sir, three Super Bowl. Been to four and won three of them, yep. Former Patriots linebacker Ted Johnson joining us here at our table. Ted, how you doing? I'm good, Darren. How are you? Doing wonderful. So how's life after football been for you? How have you adjusted to life after football? Oh, it was not It was not pretty for a while. I've been retired seven years, and it was only in the last maybe year and a half, two years, that I have kind of been, you know, hitting my stride doing, you know, actually – doing good things and being a functioning adult it was not good there after i retired i went down a dark road you know it uh um, but i managed to uh kind of find my way out of the dark and turn things around and i'm very very grateful so it's um right now i'm doing excellent so thanks for asking do you wish there was more awareness when you played that we're experiencing today yeah no it's uh you know what's interesting darren is when i retired because of concussions okay and when i retired all I retired, I just knew my head hurt. I mean, that, the reason I retired is because my head, the thought of hitting somebody made me sick to my stomach. I went in to the very first day of training camp to Bill Belichick, 6 in the morning. He was on the treadmill, and I said, Bill, I can't play anymore. And I just knew that I was not going to be able to play at the level I had been playing the 10 years prior to that because something shifted in me where the hits for a long time, Darren, when I'd hit somebody, it felt good. It felt, man, you lay a smack on somebody, it felt good. But then, towards the end of my career, it was hurting me almost as much as it was hurting them. Uh, as I, it was hurting me as much as the pain I was giving out, I was getting as well. So I knew it was time for me to shut it down. What I did was, after that, I found ways to medicate my symptoms. My, my symptoms being depression, anxiety, impulse control, um, a lot of sleep issues. And I did it in a, in a, in a very toxic way. I went I got uh, hooked on amphetamines, stimulants, um, and it had me by the throat for, gosh, five, six years. Um, and it wasn't until a year and a half ago at my lowest point, I called my sister in Iowa. I said, please fly out to Boston the next day. I need help. And she did. And I got myself in a treatment center and I'm the better man for it. I really, um, it was not looking good. So I'm very happy. But the problem back then, it was we did not know about the long-term effects of multiple concussions. We now do, and here's the thing. We know that if you play football long enough, that there is a risk, a risk potentially of getting brain disease or the uh, you know, brain disease called CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, that is now attached with uh, you know, athletes and multiple concussions. So now the information, the cat is out of the bag. The NFL is not denying that. They, are, they totally acknowledge that that is a disease that actually exists from multiple hits to the head. And so we've come a long way. That was only in the last couple of years, though. When I retired in 2004 and five, I would go to doctors, Darren, and talk about my symptoms, and they had no clue. What to, I'm in Boston, the medical hub of the world, and they had no clue what to do with me. So I'm very excited. Now players, at least, are armed with information they never had before, and they can go make the educated decision to play. Now they know everything fully. Um, they're fully aware of the, all the risks that – um, we weren't when I played back in, in 2004 and five, so I'm happy about that. What do you think the reaction would be from players if, let's just say, you know, we've got, what, 2,000-plus former players suing the league, and who knows where this is going to go. But if the league down the road, if they end up paying out, I don't know, billions of dollars 
to, to former players mm-hmm. like yourself. And they say, well, we, we just can't control. It's a violent game. We just can't control. We want everybody to, to have safety and be aware of the safety, but it's a, it's a tough game. So we want everybody to sign a waiver, They're just basically saying we're, we're not responsible for what happens to you. What do you think the reaction with players would be, and would they sign it? They'd sign it. Absolutely they'd sign it. Um, isn't, isn't that kind of a big part of the problem that they would? Because I believe you, that they yeah. would all sign up for that. But, but because all the information, I mean, Look, there might be something we weren't, we haven't thought of by playing football. Could be hazardous to some other, some other thing. But the the neurological piece, the cognitive piece, the head piece is is to me, is the most damaging. I mean, I can handle. We can all identify with torn knees, you know, you know, paralysis. We've seen that. We can identify with that. No one knew neurologically what the long term effects were. Now we know, you know, and so. Yeah, you know, football, here's the thing. Football, I owe a lot to football. It gave me a life, an opportunity to get an education that I never would have had. And it, and so that's big for guys. You know, that's big for guys. It's, it's a lot, of, it's, it's sometimes it's the only way for guys to get ahead in life, to make a name for themselves, to have success. And so um, I think guys will continue to play, but at least they have all the information now and they did, but they didn't have before. And then let them go decide whether or not they want to risk it or not. Toward the end of your career, I was up in Foxborough. It was a very, 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 did I say very cold yes. January day. Yes. The Patriots were hosting the Titans. One of the coldest games like I've ever played 30 in. below zero, I think, with the wind chill. Yes. What do you remember about that game? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, first of all, how, how cold that game was. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, you know what? The thing about the Titans, it was they were so physical. I mean, that offensive line, I played in a game uh, in Tennessee once, and I mean, Eddie George and Bruce Matthews and all that, that offensive line, they were one of the more physical teams I've ever, ever played against. And I am not kidding you. And I always said playing the Titans was like playing Nebraska for me at University of Colorado. There was something about playing Nebraska. I always had my worst games after I played Nebraska, and they were always against Oklahoma State. It seemed like we always played Oklahoma State after we played Nebraska. I was so beat up. Whenever I played the Titans, whoever I played the next week, I you know, was not getting my best effort because I was still sore and beat up from playing the Titans. Just a very, very physical football team, and that's what I remember the most. Today, the tight end, the position has really morphed into this position where it's not it's not crazy to think your tight end can catch 90 to 100 balls so how difficult the position you play is it for linebackers to go up against vernon davis and gronkowski and aaron hernandez and all these guys in the league jimmy graham how difficult is it for linebackers to cover these well, guys? Well, I always wondered, Darren, like when I, I've, asked, uh, I've asked other coaches. I talked to Dean Pease uh, yesterday, the defensive coordinator for, for, the, for the Ravens. I talked to Brad Seeley, both former coaches of mine, Brad Seeley, the special teams coach for the 49ers. And I asked him, would I have a job in the NFL today? And they're like, yeah, no, absolutely you would. There's still a, there's still a role for that kind of uh, you know, stereotypical Mike linebacker that takes, you know, takes on guards and that kind of stuff. But – you know what? It's funny. I always thought the tight end position was underutilized. I really did. I thought, you know what? You're, they are the closest, usually, typically, uh, in line with where the quarterback is. The quarterback's easiest throw is between the hashes. Well, that's usually where the tight end makes his money is between the hashes. And I always thought, man, um, I didn't think teams utilized. Now, the team that I had the hardest time with regarding tight ends was the Kansas City Chiefs and Tony Gonzalez. I mean, that guy was kind of the, you know, when I played, it was, 
you know, Shannon Sharp was a little bit like that. You know, uh, Ben Coates for New England was a huge target in a in a tough. But it just seems to be more and more guys like that. Now every team has one, right? It seems, yeah, or yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. I cover the team down in Houston, the Texans. They do have they have Owen Daniels, who's kind of that guy. He's a hybrid, kind of like a Shannon Sharp was. Um, but you know, it's that is a matchup nightmare. And I I look at the tight ends for San Francisco, and I look at Ray Lewis. God bless Ray. He's fun. He's the best to ever play that position. And, I, and I've, I'm just telling you, in my opinion. But I think he can be a liability out there against uh, Delaney Walker, against Vernon Davis. Their speed is just. I hope he's not matched up against them man to man too many times. My guess is Dean won't put him in that situation. But that would be a that is a nightmare for is it Danell Ellerby, the other middle linebacker. Those guys are going to have their hands full. I would think a Bernard Pollard, an Ed Reed will have uh, you know kind of focus their attention on those guys more than the linebackers will. You went through this four times this week. So what is it going to be like? What are the 49ers and the Ravens going to be experienced. And in particular, maybe the younger, the guys that have never experienced. Some of these guys have been through this, the veterans. But guys that yeah. have never really seen this. Yes, they had media day and, and they're getting prepared. But you know, Super Bowl Sunday is a yeah. different animal. Yeah, it is. No, there's a question. It is everything is heightened. You are your mistakes. Everything's analyzed. I had two coaches, Darren, in Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells who – Look, they taught you. They this is, was their theme throughout the entire throughout the entire week was don't be the guy to send us home. You know, it, throughout the playoffs, throughout the Super Bowl, it was don't be that guy. So you talk about pressure. You know, you know, we, we I was talking to a Denver station over here, and that poor safety for the Denver Broncos that let the ball get. You know, Torrey Smith get or was Jacoby Jones Raheem get over the Moore. top. Yeah, Raheem Moore. You know, that was an example of what a Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick would say, don't be that guy. In, in, and so there is a, my goodness, there is pressure that you can't imagine. Um, but there's also, there, there's also, the pressure comes off with being prepared. Now, these guys last week, they put all their time, practice physical, mental stuff last week. And, you know, I think Colin Kaepernick said it best. I mean, he doesn't feel pressure because he feels so prepared. And that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Give me a break, young guys. You know, they always say, hey, you know, go enjoy yourself. Go be part of it, but do your work. Forget the fun stuff during the week. Have fun after the game, after you've kicked some butt, and you walk around and everybody in the locker room is calling you champ. Hey, champ. Hey, champ. Then go have your fun. But for the most part, keep your head in the game. You know, save the fun for after. You're here to win a Super Bowl game. So who do you think wins? I like the 49ers. I I just do. I think, uh, you know, if – you know, the Ravens defense, they, the Ravens played the Texans, and I covered the Texans in I think week seven or eight. And I thought, and I hope Dean's not listening, but I thought at the time that was one of the worst defenses I've seen the Texan, Texans play up to that point was the Ravens defense. And, man, they, they've really turned it around. I mean, I mean, my goodness, they are playing. Terrell Suggs is starting to, you know, play his best football. Paul Kruger is starting to play his best. But you know what? I just think Colin Kaepernick, look, he beat – He's won two different ways in the in the in the playoffs. Green Bay, you know what? He was killing them on the perimeter, running the football, holding the ball, or scrambling. Second game, hung out in the pocket all day. All right, hand off to Gore. Cool. If they're gonna make take away my perimeter runs, I'll hand it to Frank all day, and I'll I'll kill you with my arm. So that's what makes him so dangerous. He can beat you multiple ways, and I think in the end, 
I would compare it to like my Super Bowl back in 2003. We played the Carolina Panthers. It was a slugfest the first half. Both defenses beating the crap out of each other. And then in the second half, it kind of became an offensive onslaught. I see the 49ers offense kind of running away with it in the second half. You look like you can still play. I know you're doing radio now, but you look like you can still play. Thanks for doing this. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Always good to catch up with you. Ted Johnson, standout linebacker for the Patriots for many years. We appreciate him stopping by our table. We'll take a break here on 102.5 The Game.